Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to start with that one. And uh, then I'm going to move to John chapter 14. So you may want to have those two marked with you. Now, I have been teaching and preaching about a series called uh, Season of Lights. And yes, we have this amazing season. Actually, I was last week in Miami, and, and it's amazing the way that our neighbor behind our house has decorated his house as a Disney uh, Christmas adventure. He spends a lot of money, a lot of resources, because it is actually a fundraising for the Autism Foundation. Beautiful Christmas display that the entire community goes to. And it is amazing because he's showing about lights and he's actually letting people see the lights that there are around because people love lights. I wonder why. I like them too. Lights remind us of many things. Lights actually lead us into places. They guide us. Light shines. And our main text for the whole uh, series is actually John chapter 1 verse 5 that says, the, li the, the light shone in the darkness, and the darkness could not extinguish the light. But let us go to our text this morning, and I'm going to read Isaiah 11 from verses 1 through 10. This is the word of the Lord, and listen to it. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord, of the Lord will rest on him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the spirit of fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make decisions based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will shake at the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. In that day, the wolf and the lamb will live together. The leopard will lie down with the baby goat, and the calf and the yearling will be safe with the lion. And a little child will lead them all. The cow will graze near the bear. The cub and the calf will lie down together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. The baby will play safely near a hole of a cobra. Yes, a little child will put its hand in the nest of deadly snakes without harm. Nothing will hurt or destroy in all of my holy mountain. For as the waters fill the sea, so the earth will be filled with people who know the Lord. In that day... The heir to David's throne will be a banner of salvation to all the world. The nations will rally to him. And the land where he lives will be a glorious place. Who is that text speaking about? Let me hear it again. Nothing revealed to you but the Spirit of God. In the Gospel of John, we read now in verse, in chapter 14, the words of Jesus as Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, 
that is, the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Now listen to this. Listen to this. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled and don't be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Been sharing with you about light, and one of the things that they were discovering is that light just wins. Light is stronger than darkness. Would you agree with me? Light is stronger than darkness. Light wins over darkness. Light overcomes darkness. Light clarifies things. Light illuminates stuff. Light shines. Light actually shows reality. Light guides and points and, and is transparent, is real, it is genuine. Light is light and the light will never, never, never be extinguished because of darkness. It will just never be extinguished because of darkness. So the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot and can never extinguish it. Do we have that point clear? Is that clear? If I ask you a quiz on the way out, will you know that, dark, that light is stronger than darkness? Are you sure? Therefore, nothing in this life can destroy you. Therefore, no darkness in this life can take you away from the light that Jesus Christ has given you. Is that true? So that's what we've been talking about. While people are out there frantic and they're doing their holidays, they think they're doing their holiday, they're really going frantic. It was obvious yesterday at the airport. The guy who took care of my flight coming up to, to uh, from Miami into Atlanta, he was, uh, 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 I have to say, a homie. Meaning he was Puerto Rican. And, and he had a guido, he had an instrument that he played. And the flight became very stressful for him. And he said it. He mentioned it to all of us. Uh, he grabbed the microphone as he's about to board the plane. People, I was going to sing you with a guido. He was going to sing with a guido, you know, Feliz Navidad. He was going to do that. But, but, you know, you guys are so stressed out. You guys are so stressed out. You stressed me out, so I can't sing. And he started boarding the plane. He eventually walked into the aircraft and sung, and sang for us. So we gave him a clap. But you see, the world is out there, and they're moving, and they're doing activity, not knowing that there is a God. And as scripture says, they live in this world without a God and without hope. And that was the first light that we discovered. We discovered the lights of hope as we came in here on December 1st. And we discovered that hope, the hope that God gives us, the hope, the candle that we lit that was called hope that first Sunday in Advent, it's not about wishful thinking. Hope that the Bible talks about is not wishful thinking. I hope that something happens. That's not what the Bible is talking about. The hope that the Bible describes is confident hope. Because it is not based on wishful thinking. It is based on the truthful, trustworthy promises that God has made. And we know that God's promises are faithful. The second Sunday that we came together, we were discussing the idea of lights of love. And we discovered that God loves and doesn't love like you and I love. We discovered that God's love is very different, it's unique. We discovered that it's consistent. 
insistent. God will love you. Oh, you can run away. You can hide all you want. You can take the breaks all you want. You can even deny that God is in your life. But my dear sister and my dear brother, you cannot hide from God. Or you can close your eyes. But guess what? When you close your eyes, what is it? Darkness. But guess what? The light finds a crack and it shines through it. So God's love will always creep into our lives. We also were discussing last week about the joy, the, the joy, the joy. And we discovered the joy was not necessarily gladness. The joy was not necessarily happiness, even though it includes happiness and it includes gladness. But joy, we discovered that joy is actually a gift from God. I, I found out that, you know, there are some people in life who are very just bitter and, and upset and angry and, and, and you who are joyful and a believer, you tend to hang around those people and they just kind of sap away. They just suck it away, right? They just ruin your day. Well, I know where to get some more joy. Uh, there's a bottle of extra concentrated ultra joy. You can get some more there. But we discover that God's love is actually, a, God's joy is a gift. God gives us that gift. That gift that no matter what's happening in our life, we can experience sadness. But underneath the sadness, there is a sense of joy. Guess what? Because joy is a discipline also. You practice. We learn how to be joyful. But the most amazing thing about joy is that joy is powerful. Joy can change your sadness into gladness. Joy can change your darkness into light. Joy, joy, joy. Because the joy of the Lord is what? Oh, we missed it last Sunday. The joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. Let's say it again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There you go. Now today, I just want to talk very briefly about peace. The lights of peace. Now, it's amazing that throughout our, our lives, we're always looking for a peaceful place. Right, Doris? I actually went to Miami, and I hid in the backyard with the green trees and the fruit Jealousy, eh? no, I'm kidding, I'm just kidding, you know. But it was an amazing, peaceful experience. I hardly went out, you know, my mom was there, and it was a good, peaceful experience. A lot of people invest a lot, a lot of money in finding peace. Do you realize that? How many of us find, and we just want to get away into that peaceful lake house, right? Yeah. And, and, and I like to hide into the peaceful waterfalls. But really, in reality, if we strive and work and invest so much resources in seeking peace, other people think that peace is the absence of conflict, no trouble, no conflict, no issues, right? Then I have peace. No uneasiness in life, then I, then I am at peace. Well, it doesn't work that way, you see? Because if we think that peace is actually the absence of negative experience in our life. And if we think that peace is something we can create, then peace, listen to this, then peace becomes a matter of our surroundings. And because human tendency does not know the God kind of peace, that's the way we tend to look, create, and invent our peace. We actually have these little things that we put in our ears to block the world and have some Peace. But it's temporary. When the battery goes out, it's over. When you lose connection, it's out. So it's temporary. So, you see, so if peace is the absence of noise, 
If peace is the absence of problems and conflicts and troubles, then peace is a product of our surroundings. Therefore, our human tendency is to control our surroundings or to avoid problem. And we think we're dealing with peace. May I suggest that in the text that we read of the, of the Gospel of John, in John 14, 27, Jesus says two very amazing things about peace. And these are the lights that we want to share with you. The lights of peace, the wisdom about peace, the kind of peace that only God has and only God can give. In the text, he says, peace I give you, in the traditional verse. Peace I leave you. What is he talking about? It seems that if I do a grammatical story of the text, it seems that that Jesus is implying that this peace is here. That the peace that Jesus is talking about is right here. That the peace that Jesus is talking about is about to be accomplished. Peace, I leave you. What is this? It's been accomplished so because that peace has been accomplished, he is giving it to us. Peace, I leave you. What peace is he talking about? May I suggest, my beloved, that he is talking about the most important part of peace that any of us can have. And it is peace with God. Oh, how many times we run, we hide, because we're ashamed, because we feel guilty, because we don't know or we have a misconcept of God, that God is about to use one of my hammers in the box every time you make a mistake. No. God has already made peace with you and I. You see, we don't know about it, but look what the verse says. Look what the scripture says. And through him, Jesus Christ, God reconciled, fixed everything to himself. He fixed, he made peace with everything in heaven and where else? On earth. By means of Christ's blood on the cross. Meaning, my dear people, God is no longer seeking vengeance. God is not angry with you. God is no longer blaming you. God has forgiven. God has pardoned. God has reclaimed in love and grace and peace and sent it to all of us. Are you aware of that peace of God? Do you know that that peace with God can be yours? You are part of earth. That means that God has solved the issue with you. Have you solved it? Have you realized that God is at peace with you? Have you realized that you no longer have to hide or live in shame because God has actually eliminated any enmity, any issue between him and you? It's up to you to come to Jesus, the peace, the Prince of Peace. Secondly, one of the second lines I want to share with you is that peace, is that Jesus says, now, first he said, peace I give you. Now he says, My peace I give you. Hmm. First he said, peace I give you. And we understood that to be the peace that he he fixed between God and humanity. But then he says, my peace I give you. This is the kind of peace, this is the kind of peace that's for you and me to live in this world. To live in this ugly and nasty reality. Oh, we woke up this morning to this weather. And we had to make a choice. I, I wish I could have made that choice. <laughs> but I'm the pastor. i got to be here. You see? So, so I couldn't. I wanted. But I couldn't call Dorothy. Can you preach? That wouldn't be nice. You see, so now he's saying that his peace, Jesus' peace, is given to you and to me. Look at the verse. For Christ himself 
has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles. Now, if I were to read that text now here in, 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 in Georgia, he united poor and rich. He united black and white. He united even Hispanics and Orientals. What are they doing around here? Into one. Into one. That's what it is. Today, that's what it is. For Paul, it was just in Gentiles, but for us, it's oneness. Of all of us, one. Look at you, you're going to have a lot of people around here today. <laughs> one people went in his own body, one cross. He broke down what? The walls. No more walls of hostility that separate us. Praise be to God. You see, this means that Jesus wishes for divisions to end. Jesus wishes for violence and hostility among nations, among peoples, among even members in the church to stop. It's not necessary. Jesus wishes for the walls that come to come down and for a united kingdom. Oh, no, not Britain, but the kingdom from heaven beyond earth. Jesus wishes for peace to be between men and women, between employer and employee, between friends, within families, within the family of faith. Peace and harmony is possible because Jesus, what? Gave it to whom? Now, not to us, to me, to you. Own it. Take it yourself. Who did Jesus give this peace to? To me. Yes, say me. He gave it to me, to each one of you. Okay? So no more walls that divide us. No more walls. Did you hear that? No more walls. They all come down. But in giving that peace, Jesus also talked about peace with yourself. In Jesus giving us his peace, it's also peace with ourselves. You see, Jesus had a chance of running away. Jesus was actually given the chance to be the king of kings on earth when Nicodemus went to hire him to be the king. He had the chance to do it. He even asked, as we know in Gethsemane, Lord, if there is a way, can I escape this one? But that peace that he had with himself was a peace that he had in his heart because he knew who he was, he knew who he belonged to, and he knew what he was about. You see? And this is what we read in Scripture. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Jesus Christ. You see, God's kind of peace is within you. I do go to places. We do go to the shore. We do go and see the ocean. But not to seek peace, but to bring peace with us so that we, along with the surrounding and God's peace in our hearts, we have a God kind of peaceful experience. Yes, God wishes for us to take away the guilt. God's kind of peace takes away our guilt. God's kind of peace takes away our shame. God's kind of peace takes our guilt and changes into peace. Takes our shame and turns it into power. It takes away whoever and whatever is in your heart that doesn't give you peace. Do you like this peace? Would you like to have this kind of inner peace? You see, this peace is very powerful because it gives you self-control. It allows you to control yourself. This peace is beyond understanding. That is why it's called spiritual peace. Because we just don't understand it. 
This peace is also a gift of God. It's in you and it's powerful. And it is to be shared. You see, because peace comes because God is sovereign. That's how come we can have peace. Because there is a God that is sovereign. A God that is in control of everything and everything. A God that now wants to have goodness for us. A God who is involved. A God who calls and wishes out to us. A God who empowers us with the Spirit of God. A God that covers and changes your minds and hearts. Do you want this kind of peace? Have you known about this kind of peace in the past? In conclusion... This is what we would be doing as a response to God. As a response to the message about the peace, the kind of peace, the lights of peace that God has shown us today. Let the peace of Christ, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Can we say it together? One, two, three. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts together. And we add more lights to season of lights. You see? Light shines in the darkness and darkness will never extinguish it. Let's say it again together. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Let us pray. We thank you, God, for your Revelation, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for being God. Thank you for speaking to our minds, speaking to our hearts. May we respond to you in a proper way. May we respond to you by just following you in whatever way we're able. Thank you for your peace. Amen.